It's January. So let's start piecing together USC's fall camp depth chart. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you are watching me on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And I want to say thank you so much for coming along for the ride. Hope, you, uh, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done it yet, there's a red subscribe button. Do me a favor. Click it. Hit it. It means a lot. And as always, I like to give my very sincere thank you to all of you who already have. All right, this episode of Locked on USC is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com forward slash locked on today to get started. All right, I've been going over recruiting and NIL. I'm going to take a little bit of break from that on this episode. Uh, we already know it's it's going to be a really light signing day next Wednesday. And let's be honest, it can't get here soon enough. So we have, we can officially talk about who USC is is putting into their 2023 high school recruiting class. You know, with the transfer portal, you know, being closed at least until May, and spring camp not opened until March. There's just things are just a little slow right now with the football news cycle. So, of course. Um, Let's talk about who's on the roster now, or who at least we anticipate will be on the roster in the fall. Um, because you know, you know, more players are gonna are gonna come and more players are gonna leave between now and then. So we're gonna do this exercise at least one more time, if not more, <laughs> between now and fall camp. Uh, you can count on that. Uh, because again, as I mentioned, you know, you're going to have more players arriving and more players leaving. So uh, at some point, we're going to need to go over this. The most recent portal additions, uh, those guys filled a couple of really large voids who have gone on to the draft. Andrew Voorhees, projected first rounder, Brett, Nylon, Brett Nealon, and Bobby Haskins. Those guys are gone. Uh, so as much as everyone anticipates or considers Cortland Ford and Mason Murphy to be the heir apparent uh, for the left and right tackle spots, respectively. I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case with, uh, as far as Lincoln, how Lincoln Riley and, and Josh Henson see it. Uh, and the same applies for Gino Quinones, uh, who also returns with, um, who played a lot last year. Uh, and let's, you know, there's you have all those guys in the background who who have been developing, you know, developing silently, uh, waiting for their turn to play. So USC brought in Jared Kingston, Michael Tarquin, and Ethan White. Uh, those guys aren't leaving their starting gigs at their former spots to play that one B role. Uh, that uh, you know. Last year, Coach Riley talked about uh, with he used that coach speak how he had 
co-starters, 1A, 1B, at the left tackle spot with Cortland Ford and uh, Bobby Haskins. As you can tell, I'm starting with the offensive line. This is where uh, everything starts up front. So with the depth chart, I'm going to begin up front. So I, I think that coach speak worked well in 2022. Staff has to kind of get familiar with the existing roster. They specifically went out and brought in Bobby Haskins. So in 2023, I don't know if that, uh, that, that we have a 1A, 1B is going to necessarily work the second time around. Because that kind of coach speak, it actually speaks a different language to the incumbents. So with that said, go ahead and etch into stone Justin Dietrich at center and Jonah Monheim at right guard, or one of the guards, more than likely right guard. Those two are going to start for sure, unless something freaky happens, injury, heaven forbid, or you know, one of these underclassmen just blows away the coaching staff all of a sudden. Uh, if there was a game tomorrow, finger gun to my head, <laughs> uh, here's my, the rest of my projected starting offensive line. Game one, week zero against San Jose State. I'm going to put Ethan White at left guard. I'm going to put Michael Tarquin at right tackle. And I'm going to put Jarrett Kingston at left tackle. Now, whether or not there's going to be 1A or 1B, we're going to see. Uh, like, um, like I've said many times, those three offensive linemen, transfer portal guys, they didn't come here to sit. They were starters at their previous spot. I'm not saying they were promised or guaranteed anything, but I think there's a pretty good chance that they were told uh, you come in, you compete as hard as you had at your previous stop. Wink, wink. So, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be any 50-50 decisions to make here this season. So as much as a fan as everybody is, myself included, of Cortland Ford, I think this is a a secondary sign of what happened in 2022. They brought on Bobby Haskins, and now they're bringing in three more guys. And yeah, they needed to bring an experience, but a couple of them are tackles. And like I said, I it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. So let's keep an eye on that. But I gave you my projected starters. It's just, uh, call it a gut feeling. The other guys returning in the offensive line room, you've got Andres DeWork, uh, you've got Andrew Malek, Caden Stevens, you got that guy Gumby, the most flexible offensive lineman in the world, Cooper Lovelace, and then you got a bunch of freshmen coming in, Elijah Page, Tobias Raymond, uh, the NorCal kids, Micah Banuelos, Alani Noah, Amos Talalele. Deep group. I would not be surprised if uh, if you saw a couple guys leave here. You know, Reason being is the number overall roster numbers. I think USC is somewhere between 85 and 90. I don't know what the exact number is, 87, 88, 89. USC is over the limit right now. So again, you are going to have to anticipate more players leaving. Uh, 
especially since we're going to anticipate more players coming in. The easiest position to forecast <laughs> for the depth chart, obviously quarterback. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here. In fact, Caleb Williams is your starter. Miller Moss is your backup. And they're going to, I think they're going to redshirt Malachi Nelson. If the poop hits the fan where all of a sudden Caleb and Miller aren't available, you have uh, Jake Jensen as a scholarship quarterback. So there you go. Moving on. <clears throat> Running back. You have to assume Rayleigh Brown and Austin Jones are the guys until, uh, at least until Marshawn Lloyd comes over and, I don't know, kicks the door down and and presents himself as, hey, uh, watch this. I'm going to take uh, take some reps away. And the reps are probably going to come from Darwin Barlow. I, look, I don't know what's going to happen by the time spring camp's over. Not trying to pick on him, but with uh, you got those two freshman running backs from Texas coming in, Quentin Joyner and Marion Peterson. It just feels like Darwin Barlow is one of the, is probably going to be the odd man out. Again, roster numbers. We'll find out soon. Tight end, look. And, Riley's going to have to learn to trust his pass protection enough where he's going to start releasing his tight ends into the passing route so they can become a weapon the way he used to use them at Oklahoma. He has Lake McCree, Jude Wolf, Ethan Ray, Malcolm Epps. Those guys are turning. That's from last year. Uh, and last year's group also had Josh Follow, including that all those guys, less than 20 receptions in that entire group for the season whatever um by the way whatever happened to malcolm epps last year in the passing game what happened to malcolm epps period you would think in the red zone that guy is just a jump ball six foot six throw it up didn't see it never happened obviously the next toughest group to uh project oh by the way starting tight end uh lake mccree and if if Lincoln Riley isn't going to use the tight end, there's really no reason to go after Deuce Robinson if you're not going to find a place to use him. I'm not saying I don't want him, just saying it's it's a hard sell. We'll find out soon enough next Wednesday. Getting back to the wide receivers, uh, that's the hardest group after offensive line to project. You have to assume that an all-conference wide receiver who just transferred in, Dorian Singer, is going to be a starter. You also have Mario Williams returning, Taj Washington, Michael Jackson III, Brendan Rice, Kyron Hudson. Uh, you've got John Jackson III, and then you've got the super freshmen, uh, two of them, Zachariah Branch and Mikai Lemon. I'm not sure it makes a ton of difference really who starts uh, as far as the wide receivers go, because, you know, Taj, Mario, Brendan, they're going to see a lot of playing time. Excuse me. And it's just a, it's a matter of how long until, you know, Zachariah, he can bust a move and force the issue. So, again, I'm going to go Dorian Singer, Taj Washington, because Lincoln Riley spoke highly of him at, uh, a couple weeks ago in a little roundtable session. And 
Brendan Rice or Mario Williams will be the other starter. Again, I don't think it really matters. You're going to have a deep rotation. Caleb Williams has a lot of toys to work with. All right, so there you go. That's the offense. I'm going to we'll go over the defense in the next segment. But before then, you guys need to head on over to FanDuel because the NFL playoffs are here. And we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America. That's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. If you're a new customer and you join today, when you get started, you're going to get $150 in free bets. That's guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. So just sign up over at FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads to player prop bets. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. And you can do this all on an app that's safe, it's secure, and it's really super easy to use. So, football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Once again, thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every single day, five days a week. Uh, make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. They have everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus you get to hear from the big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Real quick, before I get to the defense, by the way, make sure you are at Galen Center. If you're watching or listening to this on Thursday, USC, UCLA, Crosstown Showdown 2.0. Thursday night, 6 p.m., Galen Center, be there. All right. On defense, uh, at the roundtable a couple weeks ago, uh, Lincoln Riley told us that we're there at the media, with the media who were there, that uh, he was going to be more involved with the defense um, because, you know, he has complete faith in Alex Ranch getting this defense turned around. No, look, I don't need to remind everybody, they looked the defense was the weak link last year. Tackling was a challenge, to say the least. And Lincoln Riley knows what they need to do to take the next step so they can get to the playoffs. But because Lincoln Riley has complete faith in Grinch getting it turned around, that's why, as the head coach, he's getting more involved, right? I mean, it worked with Pete Carroll and Norm Chow back in the day. So we'll see, you know, if history can repeat itself, head coaches, they get involved, make a little tweak here and there. Um, Here's the difference between then and now. Pete actually made a coaching adjustment to the staff as well. It wasn't just a philosophical, let's look under the hood and fix what's, you know, make it take our screwdriver out and, and adjust this and adjust that. And all of a sudden the engine will be running and humming like, like perfect. There, it was more than just a philosophical adjustment back then with Pete and Norm. I'm not saying that's what they have to do this time. I'm just pointing out the difference. 
So again, everything starts up front. Let's start at the line of scrimmage because there is going to be no more Tuli Tuiapolotu. There's going to be no more Nick Figueroa, and there's going to be no more Brandon Peely. And you got a, you have a couple of the uh, previous guys from the Clay Helton era have moved on to the transfer portal, Toby Pepe and Colin Mobley. So here's a question. Are there enough Augustus Gloops on USC's roster? Big guys who just can eat up space, eat up everything in their, in their path. Uh, so the linebackers behind them can make a tackle. Sorry. I thought I just heard a bunch of people laughing in the distance when I said USC defense and tackling. Okay, I know. Joke's over. They're going to be better in 2023. They have to be better. On the defensive line, this is what you have returning that played a lot last year. Dejon Benton, Stanley Taufo, and Tyrone Tulaney. Those are the leaders in the clubhouse with the most experience returning. Then you have Jamar Sakona. Uh, he played a little bit last year. Earl Barquette Jr., I think he played a little bit last year. Um, and then you have a guy like Devin Tompkins, who Riley mentioned recently. He really liked him. Uh, he's really high on him. And then USC in the trans, you know, USC added Kion Bars from Arizona via the transfer portal. And you have a couple of true freshmen, Sam Green, already enrolled, and Dejan Lafitte. Lafitte, uh, he's from Colony out in the Inland Empire. I don't know if, I don't know, Sam Green's an early enrollee. Maybe he can make an impact. I don't know what to expect from these guys. Let's talk about the rush in, and I'll give you my projected starters. You've got uh, Corey Foreman, Romello Height, who was injured at Auburn. He's been injured since he's been at USC. That's not a knock, just pointing it out. You've got the two Solomons returning, Tuli Apupu and Solomon Bird. And then uh, you also have, via the transfer portal, uh, USC brought in. Uh, the big name is, uh, from Texas A&M, Anthony Lucas. You also had Jamil Muhammad from Georgia State. And I don't know, is Jack Sullivan a defensive lineman or is he going to be rushing? I'm not sure yet. I think his size lends himself better to the defensive end position. We'll find out. And you got a couple of freshmen, Braylon Shelby and David Peavy. All those names combined. Who are my projected starters? Huh. Great question. I, I think Tyrone Tulaney is going to be your defensive. I think he's going to play the role of Thule off the bat. In the middle, they brought in Kion Bars. You need a guy who can stuff the run. He's got to be that guy. After that, I don't know. Where do you go? Is it going to be Dejon Benton? Devon Tompkins? Is he going to blow everybody away? Is it going to be Jack Sullivan? Is it going to be Anthony Lucas? Who knows? I don't think it's going to be one of the freshmen. And then again, you got the Russians. Foreman, Romello Height. Um, Jamil Muhammad. Real intriguing prospect from Georgia State. Real athletic looking. Fast. 
looks strong as hell too. All right, uh, because I'm going to be doing this more than once between now and when fall camp starts and ends. I'm going to go Tyrone Tulaney or Dejon Benton, Kion Bars, and Jamil Muhammad. I don't know that rush end position was really a sore spot in 2022. And it's the one position where you need productivity in Alex Grinch's scheme. So maybe this is where Lincoln Riley gets more involved, uh, making some tweaks. Maybe it becomes more of a uh, a true 3-4 type of look. We'll find out. A lot of stuff you can play with here. Again, the roster is better, I think. Um, let's look at linebacker. These are the guys from 2022 who are returning. Shane Lee. Eric Gentry, Rajon Davis. Uh, the first two played a lot. Rajon wanted to play a lot. And when he did get in, he had actually made some plays, didn't play enough. He was a uh, he got slotted into that 50-50 category where, you know, he, he left it up to the coaches and maybe the coaches made the wrong decision. Anyways, backtracking too much there. You also have returning from the roster last year. Chris Thompson Jr., who's going to be a senior, Garrison Madden, redshirt freshman, and Carson Tabarachi, redshirt freshman, who transferred in from Utah last year, but was injured all year. Now, USC also brought in a tackling machine from Oklahoma State, Mason Cobb, and then Taka Curtis was the only linebacker they brought in through uh, in, through the uh, in their high school recruiting class. It's a good one, um, and everyone has really high hopes for. So I love the competition and the depth that's been created. And there's a lot more speed now at the linebacker spot. So of all those names, who's going to be the starter? We know that it's a three-three-five in Grinch's system. Let's just go with three linebackers because that Russian, you know, is that hybrid role. I'm going to go until I until things change up. Eric Gentry, Shane Lee are going to hold on to their spots. I think Mason Cobb is going to be the third starter. <clears throat> Can Rajon Davis break through? Going to be interesting. Uh, the coaches last year, they said, well... I don't know if Lincoln Riley fully admitted to, hey, we didn't play him enough, but he said, when you leave it, when you make it a 50-50 type of choice and you put it in the coach's hands, sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong. A lot of people think uh, the coaches, if they, in hindsight, had a chance to do it over again, Rajon probably would have saw the field much earlier in the season. But again, we're moving forward, aren't we? Of course we are. All right, so let's start, let's start looking at the defensive backfield. Cornerbacks. Jacoby Covington, who transferred in last year from Washington. He was a big rotation player. Sia Wright is back. Damani Jackson, hopefully will be ready, healthy, 100% ready to go. You also have Prophet Brown and Joshua Jackson returning from last year's roster. They didn't really play. In fact, I don't think they saw any action cornerback. Joshua was on the inter-reserve all year. 
And then everyone knows that, or you should know, USC brought in Christian Roland Wallace, the cornerback from Arizona, who is anticipate everyone anticipates is going to uh, take over the role for Mackay Blackman, who was a starter last year. So, um, is Christian Wallace is Christian Roland Wallace going to be a starter this year? just like Mackay was. It's a good chance. I think it's going to be him and Damani to start the season. You're going to see rotation there. Safety, Kalen Bullock, Max Williams, Bryson Shaw, they started at various different uh, safety spots. Zamirian Gordon, Anthony Beaver saw action last year. And I know everyone cannot wait to see Zion Branch. You had Lotrell McCutcheon, Jalen Smith uh, rotating at nickel. Max Williams played nickel as well. And then you have a couple of freshmen uh, coming in, Maliki Crawford and uh, Christian Pierce. Really underrated. Both of those guys. USC has to have somewhere close to – I didn't even mention a couple of names here, and I apologize to these guys. But uh, USC's got to have somewhere close to 18 to 20 defensive backs. Um Adonis Odie, who else have I mentioned? I apologize. Forgive me, guys. I'm trying to do those off the top of my head. Um, all right. If I, if again, quick, my projected depth chart starters in January <laughs> Kalen Bullock at free safety, Zion Branch at strong safety, Max Williams at the nickel. And because we have a, we don't have a special teams coach. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. Although, um, you got a couple of punters on scholarship. You got Aiden Sleep Dalton. You got the transfer from Arizona State, all conference. Uh, Edward Zlopicki. Spit that one out one of these days correctly. And you have Dennis Lynch as your kicker. Doesn't matter who's starting at punter. I, if USC's offense is doing their job, I don't want to see the punter. We can start a another Tom Malone for Heisman campaign, knowing that he'll never win it because the punter will never get enough uh, opportunity. He won't get enough punts to, to register. All right. So, as I mentioned, it's going to be a numbers game here. USC's got, I don't know, somewhere between 85 and 90 guys on roster on scholarship. They're going to have to trim that down to 85 eventually. We know they're not done with the transfer portal. We'll see what happens when fall camp gets here. But there you go. There's your way, 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 way too early projected fall camp depth chart, sort of. All right. This last third segment. Um, I don't, I'm saying this kind of facetiously. Was the goal to get Caleb Williams the Heisman in 22, regardless of how USC's season played out? Look, everyone knew he was going to be a front runner, especially in Lincoln Riley's offense. Lincoln Riley is becoming a Heisman maker at the quarterback position. And the only reason I, 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 I kind of put it into that context is no one really thought that USC was going to go on the type of, on the type of run that they had last year. 
uh, where the opportunistic defense and Caleb Williams' health held on as long as it did. But let's take a flat, real quick look back at Caleb Williams' season in 2022 because he broke nine single-season records last year. Nine, including 333 completions. That's a single-season record, as are his 500 passes he attempted. Okay, another single-season record. He scored or was responsible for 52 touchdowns, <laughs> 42 of them through the air. You, you don't have to uh, have taken calculus calculus to figure out that that means he threw for 42. And oh, by the way, so 42 touchdowns, 10 running. He only threw five interceptions all year. That is a single season record for lowest rate of interceptions, 1%. That's a crazy number. Uh, he also has the single season record for the highest passing efficiency rating. I don't know the formula for that. Uh, I'm sure there's someone out there who does. Please fill us in. Give us that feedback on uh, on Twitter or, or here on the YouTube channel. That rating was 168.5. Single season record at USC. Another single season record? Oh, the single game record for most yards running and passing. 503 yards, and he did that against UCLA in the Crosstown rivalry. I said he had nine single season records, so I just gave you eight. The ninth, this is a, a crazy number, and this is why Caleb Williams won the Heisman, among everything else I just highlighted. Single season total offense leader, 4,919 yards Superman was responsible for. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Wow. And he's coming back to do this again this year. The bar has been set. I don't know. How do you improve on that? Oof. If USC's defense can be better and USC's offense maintains that the level they played last year, I don't think Caleb's going to approach those numbers because it's going to give Miller Moss and the backups more of an opportunity to play in 2023. Please. All right, enough of that. Thank you once again for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you're going to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and the players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. You're going to want to check that out because USC, UCLA, they hook up Thursday night. I'll be there. And we will be talking about this on our next episode of Locked on USC. So. Until then, everyone, you know what to do.